What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames, new episodes every Sunday. It was so depressing because I was like, oh yeah. my God, like, I'm watching it and I'm like, you know what? I've accepted the L. Like, we're not coming back from this. I know that we haven't had a comeback all year. I'm accepting the L. They come back. So then I, they pull me right back in and then and then they blow it again. And I'm just like, why, why hurt me twice? Like I, I I was watching the game on TV and they pulled up the the graphic. The Flames were 0-12-2 um, when trailing after the second. And the Flyers were 12-0-2 when leading after the second. And I, I even looked over at Sarah and I'm like, why are we even watching this? Like n- Nothing's going to happen here. Like, what are we doing here right now? And then, sure enough, we tied up. And then it felt like almost instantly. It was just like, that's okay, that's good. That's good. Let's just give up. Let's get into some Markstrom talk because I feel like that's what people want us to talk about. Everyone's talking about Markstrom. Uh, you're the goalie guy. So I always start with you with that sort of thing. So go right ahead. Yep. Um, I mean, we've heard it all year, right? Like we've seen Markstrom struggle mm-hmm. and we've seen Vladar succeed whenever Markstrom seems to be at his lowest we kind of got to stop riding on Markstrom here. Like it's at the time where you, you don't, you don't have a choice anymore. Like you either have to go for the playoffs and play Vladar like crazy. Cause he's the one that's winning you hockey games or you keep playing Markstrom and you sell at the deadline. Like it's a, it's an absolute crossroads that the flames are at right now. I know yeah. like <laughs> everybody knows I'm a huge Markstrom guy. Like, I love Markstrom till I, till I die. Like I love Markstrom, but he's not giving the team what it needs right now. And he hasn't all year, quite frankly. Um, the frustration I get from people, like I truly understand. I know you and me have had some frustrations with the fan base and surrounding Markstrom and how people have been talking about him and whatnot. But at this point, everybody's feelings are valid. Like the guy is not playing up to what he makes and he needed to be a hell of a lot better this year with a new team in front of him. See, that's the thing. We, we saw what happened to him against the Oilers and we were like, at the time we made the joke of like, Oh, if you want to bet on a Vesna candidate, bet on Markstrom, he'll use that bad taste in his mouth from last May to his advantage. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. That clearly just ended up sinking him because even this year, earlier in the season, we were like, okay, like 20 games, 30 games in. I'm not pinpointing this on Markstrom yet, right? Mm -hmm. But when when you're in the spot we are right now, you watch this team play. has nothing to do with the system. I don't think it has anything to do with the system. All the data straight up proves that it has nothing to do with the system. It's the lack of execution up front and the fact that you can't get a save. That's what's killing you. And that's what has killed you all year. Absolutely. Like, and just like you said, get a save. Like, as weird as it sounds, like as good as your offense is, as good as your two-way game is, your goalie needs to make big saves in order for you to win hockey games. 
And the Calgary Flames aren't getting that right now. Seems like anything high danger that they get against them is a guaranteed goal. It's not like the Flames give up a lot of high dangers. Like last night against Philly, after the first period, I think they were outchancing Philly 12-3 to in high dangers and were down one nothing. They surrendered one shot, 5-on-5, five five in the third yesterday. It went in. And it was a game-winning goal. They, they What? Like... That's that's not on the team. That's it's not. You you can't have the guy making six million dollars be the second best goalie on the ice every night. Mm-hmm. You just can't. The goalies that the Flames have lost to this year: Eric Comrie, Joey Decord, Kevin Lankinen, Antti Ranta, Jake Allen, Elvis Merzlikens. Jake Allen twice. Yeah. Yeah. Elvis Merzlikens, Spencer Martin, Thomas Grice, Phoenix Copley, Alex Stalock. And then you get into some no-names. Jackson Stauber, we were at that game. Yaro Halak, Mad Sugard, Magnus Helberg, and then last night or yesterday afternoon, Samuel Person. What the hell? Who I going into this year, if you name me Samuel Erson, Mad Sugard, Jackson Stauber, I tell you that they've got like Fringe starter to low potential on Chell. Yeah, exactly. What? Urson last night is a, is a name I'd never heard of. And, I mean, as much as you don't want to say, like, the Flames got goalie because he can't anymore, They Urson was good last night. I'll give him that. But it's okay. still another thing where you got to find a way to score on goalies like this. Even watching the game, Urson played great, yes, but his rebound control was horrible. Yeah. And the Flames didn't capitalize off that. So question for you. Yeah. If I asked you right now, whose save percentage was higher, Mike Smith in 18-19 or Jacob Markstrom this season, who would you answer? Probably Markstrom this year still. So Mike Smith in 18-19 through 42 starts, finished the year with a save percentage of 8-9-8. Okay, so he's a little bit higher. Jacob Markstrom this year, through 38 games, has a save percentage of 889. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's a little higher. Mike Smith has been a better goalie when you look at it retroactively from a stat standpoint. And you can talk about like hey, you you watch the game yesterday defensively, it's not like the flames have been tidy either. But no, right? Like there was that. They're the first goal of the game, the Konechny goal, that switch from Hannafin and Anderson, that one wasn't as clean as you wanted it. Yeah. Um, and especially Zadorov on that uh, the last goal, the Wade Allison goal there in the third period. Um, it, it It's kind of a defensive breakdown again. It's a cross-crease cross, cross crease pass, but uh, it's just like everything is going so well for these guys. And then one big mistake happens for the entire team at the same time. And all momentum is gone. This is not ideal. The the wild play the Kings today, right? If mm-hmm. LA, like if LA doesn't come out and win that game, that's it. We're four points back. The thing that's mind boggling too is like, Oh, it's okay. The flames have an easy schedule to close out the year. That scares me more based off what we've seen this season. And it's right? like, like what? That shouldn't happen. The, the Flames can't play against 
not so good hockey teams. They think it's a night off for some reason. Somebody in that room needs to like wake this team up and let them know that they are playing for their playoff lives here. And there's not much time left. We're cursed. When was the last time we made the playoffs in back-to-back years? That did that didn't constitute that um that bubble that bubble COVID year where we played playoff hockey in August. 14-15 playoffs. 15-16 yeah. no playoffs. Drafted Matthew Kachuk, visible tears. Uh yeah. 16-17 swept in round 1 so we made the playoffs. 17-18 no playoffs. 18-19 we all know what happened, we made the playoffs. Yeah. 19-20 we technically made the playoffs because of that, you know Awful. play in round. Yeah. And then the year after no playoffs, that North Division year. Yeah. Last year playoffs, this year no playoffs. Like it's all oh, it goes with the trend. Is is it just going to continue? Cuz at this point, based off of history, we could just go into each season now thinking, okay, this year. So we're basically what I'm trying to say is if we miss this year, we're a lock next year. True. Like that's 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 just how what history says. Like it goes with the trend. It definitely does. Like I don't think I've ever seen a flame season like this, period. We're in the headlines, like no tomorrow. People in Ontario actually are talking about what's happening over here, which is you know, a shock in and of, in of itself. Um, we dominate most of our games analytically. And from, like, we're playing a Sutter system minus the ability to make a damn save and the ability to finish. The thing that's crazy is we have one of the best lines in hockey still. Yeah. And we're out of a playoff spot. I mean, Mandrapani, Coleman, and Backlund, those guys have been dominating for a month now month and a half, ever since that line's been put together, they have looked so magnificent. Even last night, constantly turning the puck over, constantly in in the forecheck. Those guys are doing everything they need to do. Michael Backlund is having a career year here in Calgary right now, and the team sucks. Exactly. That literally bums me out. Like Michael Backlund has seen some shit. He has been here since – he got drafted when you and I were six. Yeah. He like this guy has been a literal loyal king year in year out, and this year he is literally playing out of his out of his mind. The three of them is a line, unbelievable. To your point, they could have literally scored four or five goals last night based off of their high danger quality chances that they create. I don't even know what to think anymore because like before Christmas, I was always like, you know what, we're in a playoff spot, so we just have to ratchet it up. There's no way that guys aren't going to ratchet it up. Like we're going to do this. And now I don't even know what to think. Like they, we, we show at times that we're really good. And then we follow it up with absolutely nothing to showcase. Like, like Tanev said it when he was like, put the blame on me. Mm -hmm. One game, you're looking excellent. The next game, you're shit. You are doo-doo. You are literally like, it is just a pile of garbage. As being a fan, like you want to be as level-headed as possible. Both both of us, we're both very positive by nature. So we like to when we follow the team, we go in. No, we're I want to I want to go into the games wanting us to win. I'm not going in like lose tank. Right. First yeah. and foremost, I was seeing some tank comments again. Tanking, you don't tank halfway through the season. Tanking is a philosophy. 
of being bad for a segment of four to five years going into the year, knowing that you are going to be bad so you can accumulate draft capital. That's what tanking is. It's not yeah. all, let's tank like, you know. No, you don't just tank. randomly say let's tank after game 57 of the regular season. Oh, my God. We're cursed. Like, seriously, what has happened since that Ottinger shit in the playoffs? So, like, what has happened? Goudreau, we lost. Okay, let's let's start, right? We curse Ottinger on Flames Reddit, right? What happens after that? We get shit-canned by our biggest rival, right? We lose to the Oilers in yeah. five games. Yeah. Jacob Markstrom goes from a Vesna-caliber goalie to... A below-replacement-level goalie. What is happening, right? Yeah. Johnny Goudreau leaves after his uh, after a literal historic season, right? Yep. Matthew Kachuk, a few days later, says he wants out. Kevin Rooney, poor guy. He signs to an inflated contract. I don't know what the pro scouts were thinking there. He's a great dude, though, and I'm hope I hope I hope he's enjoying making 1.3 million playing in the A because that is a life and a half. Um, At least he's playing on a good hockey team. Oh, dude. The, and that's another thing. The Wranglers are the best team in the American Hockey League. Go watch the Wranglers. I literally paid for a package so I could watch Wranglers games because I'm like, these guys are sick. There you go. Um, you have to give up a first to move Sean Monahan, right? So that's a future that you just gave up off a dump, right? And arguably, he's been producing at a better rate than some of the guys that we have here. That's – I don't even know how to – Accept that. Then you lose Shillington to personal reasons, right? All the yeah. best to him, but I doubt he's coming back for the rest of this season. It's pretty no, much. Daryl went from Jack Adams to his head's on the chopping block. To like fans are like our culture. We are so used to hiring absolutely, absolutely laughable quality head coaches to the point where that's just become a culture. Things aren't going right. Fire the coach. Super exactly. Solution, right? Super easy. That's the thing. Like, can we talk about that a little bit? I mean, like I've heard the Daryl rumors have been going on for probably the last month to two months now that uh, people aren't happy with Daryl here. There's rumblings around the front office, blah, 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 blah. What happens if we fire Daryl? Who are we going to bring in? Come on. Like, do you really want to start the carousel of horrendous head coaches again? Do you really want to go down that pathway again? See, With Daryl, you know what you're getting. He plays playoff hockey, championship-style hockey. That's what he implies in a hockey team. Do you want to go back to amateur Jeff Ward and, and watch that team play hockey again? Because I sure as hell don't. Do you want to watch Glenn Gullitson again? No. Can I just say the whole curse thing? John over at the wing column brought up a good point. This whole curse shit started when Glenn Gullitson brought up Jobu. Remember yeah. when we were in the Honda Center and he was like working with Dark Magic? Bro, what? Yeah. Started <laughs> then, not now. There are a lot of question marks just in general with the front office. Bradshaw Living is, you know, without a contract. The longer this goes, the more I believe he's not coming back. But that's the thing. If Brad goes, A, are you internally promoting? Like, do you make Craig Conroy the general manager of the Flames? Or do you go in outside outside hire? Because as much as I want an outside hire, the fact that 
I want to trust this organization to hire somebody who is better than Brad Tree Living. That scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's <sighs> just I like hi- hire one of us. Give me the keys. I mean, hey, I, I got a I I got a degree in economics. I, I know how the salary cap works. Uh I kind I probably have like fifteen hundred hours on NHL rebuilds. I th- like to know what I think I'm doing. <laughs> Listen, EA Sports tells me I'm a cup building GM. Okay, <laughs> EA Sports basically hands me over the Jim Gregory year in and year out. So there we go. And oh, and trade difficulties at medium, by the way, for those of you wondering. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but like, dude, I I don't know, man. I I don't even want to come out here and have an opinion regarding Daryl because I genuinely. Everyone knows how we feel about him, right? Yeah. And I understand the frustration. You want to pinpoint the blame on everyone. I don't know, man. It's like I'd, I'd rather I'll, – I'll take Daryl Sutter coaching my team any day of the week than any bargain bin 700K a year higher that we could come up with and that we have come up with and that we've witnessed. So I don't understand. Exactly. Yeah, yeah shit is hard. It's not fun. Watching hockey this season has been a drag. I get it. There is no data that backs up. Daryl Sutter being a shitty head coach this year. No, exactly. And that's that's just it. That's simply facts. I mean, this team goes out and the, like, they're still dominating analytically, like you said yeah. earlier. I mean, if you go back and look at the analytics over even these last five, six games that we've played, the Flames have been very well analytically. They can't get a save, and sometimes they don't show up. Can you put all that blame on Daryl? This is the first year as a fan where if we're going to miss the playoffs, I'm not sitting here targeting the coach. This team isn't good enough. That's what this is. Even the power play last night. Oh, God. Kirk Muller, bro. Like, what? It's okay, because you you already know that, like, if we don't make the playoffs, that entire Daryl staff is going to go. Oh yeah, it's gone. Yeah, you you already know that, so there's no point in harping on it. It's it is what it is. Yeah, uh, man, I just this is the thing. I don't know what this team is. We it, it is so off and on. It is like one of those toxic like relationships almost, where it's like you try keep trying to set a date. And both of you are just busy, so then the lack of communication results in a breakup. Five on five, there's nothing alarming when you look at the Flames. Where you look at all the JFresh charts, you look at all the analytics, the Flames are playing the exact same way they played last year, minus the best top line that the league has seen in a regular season in over 30 years. Yeah. It's almost like losing those two guys was a big deal. That's a pretty hard thing to lose. Go to Toronto and tell them right now that if they were to lose Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, where they'd be at. Because that's literally what we basically went through. And everyone undermined it. Everyone. Even us. We were so in the shockwave of everything that was happening. We're like, well, you know, on paper, this team might actually be better. No. No. no, no. They're not. We were never, ever, ever better. That analogy of, a, of an ex, though. I mean... Like, it's like you're trying to make it work with an old girlfriend, and some days it's great. Some days, like, it's, it seems like everything's back to normal, and then the next day, it's just all those bad signs come rushing right back. And that is literally the most perfect analogy you could use for the Calgary Flames this year. Jonathan Huberto, we need him to be himself, 
for us to succeed. And the and last, the, and at the end of the day, he's making ten point five million dollars. Yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> he is on pace to set an NHL record of the largest point drop in consecutive seasons in history. Um, again, this goes back to the curse. How does any of this happen? Like, okay, I understand people are like, you don't believe in curses, all that sort of shit. I get it. I get it. But this team needs garlic. And holy water. Rasmus Anderson was hit by a car in Detroit. He was hit by a motor vehicle. When do you yeah. ever hear that? When do you ever look at your phone? Oh, a player is, you know, on the IR for the next week because he got hit by a car. What? <laughs> what the yeah. hell? That's true. That's very, very true. And what what happened with Michael Stone? I heard he was coming into the building on crutches and a boot yesterday yeah well he this well yesterday when they even the day the day before yesterday so on sunday they tweeted out that he wasn't skating so i was like yeah i was like oh okay and i don't remember seeing i didn't see anything in that rangers game yeah that would have led to him being in a boot yeah um but he's in a boot so dennis gilbert i guess and this is what I want and to say. freaking Dennis Gilbert. Oh, my God. I love that guy so much. Oh, dude, that hit yesterday and then the fight and then. And he's get the crowd going. Come on. Like, are you kidding me? When have you seen that in Calgary? When have you seen a guy physically, like, tell the crowd, tell the boys on the bench. So, like, let's get her going. And the guy isn't even a mainstay. No, he's he a freaking should be. Dennis Gilbert is my favorite flame this season. It Absolutely. Is, like, it's not even re- it's not even remotely a joke. Every time he draws into the lineup, he is creating momentum and pulling the team into the battle with him. Who was our player that did that before? Matthew Kachuk. He brought us into the battle night in, night out. The yep. Flames have been missing a guy like that. Even though we lost last night, you're still seeing Gilbert try, like giving signs of trying to do that trying to put his body on the line and then bring the whole team with them. Like, come on, let's do this thing. That was unbelievable. Like that was literally like, like he pummeled Sealy, right? Like pummeled him, gets the crowd hype. Immediately. The first thing I thought of the second he did that was. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> yeah. That is the first thing I thought of, man. That is the first <laughs> thing. Oh my God. I sat there. I was like, I was like, this this random depth D signing that we brought in on day one of free agency is winning the entire fan base over. And if you're not, if you're at the dome, how are you not just pumped right up after that? How are you not as loud as you've ever been? Like if that's me in the dome, I'm screaming, dude. I, was I am losing it. Ugh. I literally since that I was like, you know what? We're gonna be fine. This is gonna be a good game. And then it's like, look at. Look at the idiot I was two hours ago when I thought that, <laughs> like, in real time. This is the first time ever we are watching a flame season where they are literally dominating in the intangibles and somehow still finding ways to lose. I've never seen this. And to me, that's that's further than coaching. That's a personnel issue. And I understand people are like, maybe firing Daryl could create some sort of quick spark. Spark for what? Like spark this year, you wanna you wanna salvage this year? The spark wouldn't even be that long, is the thing. Maybe you get a three-game win streak out of it, 
five-game win streak out of it. And then what? Then your game plan falls apart. You're trying to change into a new system. Nothing feels the same. The players are all out of whack. I mean, yeah. It, in my opinion, it's not the solution at all. The summer is when you should be looking into that if you are looking into that. Honest to God, I genuinely believe that if we get a new general manager and he's an outside hire, which hey, I would literally put money down right now that Craig Conroy gets promoted to GM if Brad walks. Because <laughs> look at how our organization is run and immediately that's where my brain goes. But uh, yeah. if we do bring in an outside hire, does Daryl stay the head coach? Like, I don't know. I don't know if we bring, if you bring in a guy, I'm not saying you bring in Kyle Dubas because that's stupid to assume, but if you bring a guy with an offensive mindset, like Kyle Dubas, who maybe is someone that is not known, but like has experience working in the game clearly, or, you know, his dad could own a pizza chain that too. Um, right. <laughs> that too. Do you, the new GM that you bring in, is there going to be a switch in philosophy of saying, listen, this possession defensive first shit isn't going to work with the group that we have now? It worked. That's with, the thing. Or do you just let Daryl ride it out? And then a new GM just kind of gives him another year to be like, hey, you have another year. I'm going to try and improve this roster. And for the love of God, if you're going to bring in someone new, please be proactive and not reactive. Please. Yeah. Please. Yeah. 